0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 384 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the leagues. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get your podcasts. And today we got to start with uh, some sad news. It's not related to the Rangers, but it's something that is obviously uh, worth talking about and definitely worth acknowledging out here. Uh, Just some tragedy for David Pasternak. I don't think there's really any other word to describe it. Uh, He announced today that his six-day-old infant son passed away on June 23rd. So last week, uh, Pasternak just announced it in a post on Instagram. And it's hard to find the words to even, you know, address this situation. I mean, obviously first and foremost our sympathies and condolences and thoughts and prayers to David Pasternak and his entire family. I just can't, there are no words. I can't even possibly begin to imagine what him and his family are going through right now. I mean, it's just horrible. And, it kind of just puts things in perspective. You know, I don't want to get too deep on here or anything like that, but, you know, we come on here and we have fun. You know, we always have a good time talking Ranger hockey on here together. It's always fun interacting with you guys, and I know how bad so many of us want to see this Ranger team get back to prominence and, you know, develop the young guys and do this, that, and the other thing, get that guy in free agency and put together a Stanley Cup contender. I know we all want it. I know we all care about it, but then something like this happens, and it's one of those things that just kind of reminds you how, first of all, how precious life is, and then second, um, Just how kind of silly it all is, really, with the NHL. I mean, I I know, again, I know we all care. I know we're all passionate fans, but we're talking about something where, you know, we've got adults skating around on a rink trying to put a black circular disc into a net. And it's like something like this happens. It just kind of puts everything in perspective. You know, there are bigger things than hockey. And again, I, I know that everybody's a big fan, but... I mean, this is just, I can't even imagine the heartbreak that Pasternak and his family are going through. So once again, uh, our condolences and best wishes to David Pasternak and his family. We will try to move on here and and get into some hockey things. I mean, that is what we do on here. So, you know, today I figure we can kind of continue with this theme that we've been going with where we take a look at a player that I believe the Rangers could and maybe even should target with that number 15 overall pick. Obviously with the Rangers picking 15th this year instead of first last year or second the year before that there's a lot more to consider. There's a lot of different ways that this can go. I mean, who's to say who's even going to be available at that time? Whereas, you know, last year we knew it was Lafreniere. The year before that, we knew it was either Kako or Hughes. Um, So we're going to dive in and talk about another prospect and a guy that I think the Rangers should give serious consideration to, uh, assuming that they hang on to this number 15 overall pick. And then we're also going to take a look at another pending Ranger restricted free agent. And this is somebody who I believe could be remain on the Rangers for several years going forward, or he's somebody that, you know, even if he does stay, could kind of get squeezed out of the lineup on any given night. Uh, We'll talk about him, like I said, in a a couple of minutes here, but I wanted to start by talking about this prospect that kind of caught my eye when I've been kind of looking at mock drafts and just kind of looking at different scouting reports and, okay, you know, who could the Rangers go after? Who might still be there at number 15? Uh, Who's a good fit for this team? And the guy that I want to talk about today is Zachary Boldu. He is a center, and just so you guys know, if anybody wants to look back at any of the other draft prospects that we discussed in recent episodes, we talked about Atu Ratu in our last episode, one of the most polarizing prospects in the NHL draft this year. Someone who was projected to potentially go number one less than a year ago, and his scoring is really slumped, and his draft stock is basically tumbled. Uh, I don't think he'll be there for the Rangers at number 15, but if he is, uh, Atu Ratu is certainly... Uh, An idea. It's somebody who could definitely be in the mix to to be the Rangers pick in that spot. And then a while back, as part of our locked-on mock draft for the NHL, and that, by the way, is still going to drop... From what I understand, uh, there's someone working on it right now, kind of putting together the audio from all of us locked on hosts. And you'll get one nice big episode out of that where we do a mock draft of the first 15 picks in the NHL draft. So definitely looking forward to that. But during that mock draft, during that exercise, uh, the guy that I picked for the Rangers at number 15, who was still available at that time, was Fedor Svechkov. Uh, We talk about him a little bit in episode number 374. That episode is called Who Should the Rangers Pick at Number 15 in the NHL Draft? And the reason I like Svechkov in a nutshell is he is a defense-first forward, and he's somebody that can play all three forward positions. Seems like a very safe pick, and to me, adds to the Rangers something that they don't really have right now, a defense-first forward who can also chip in offensively from time to time. So that's what we've talked about so far. Like I said today, we're going to talk about Zach Boldu, and... The reason that I kind of like Boldu, I mean, there's a couple of reasons, but he is, it should be said, he is one of the more polarizing picks in this draft, so he's got that in common with Atu Ratu a little bit, and if the Rangers were to pick Boldu here at number 15 overall, I could see some analysts maybe considering this something of a reach for the Rangers to take him at number 15 because I'm looking at a list right now. It's got the rankings of 13, you know, fairly prominent hockey publications that are covering the draft, and Baldu among these 13 publications is ranked anywhere between number 16 and number 45. So You know, maybe if you're the Rangers, you could be looking at a situation where if you end up trading this number 15 overall pick here as part of a package for a ready-made NHL player, you know, whether it's one of the big names like Jack Eichel or Mark Shifley or if you really want to get crazy, Connor McDavid uh, and this number 15 overall pick is involved in that trade, then maybe the Rangers end up moving down to like 28 or 29 or whatever it might be. And if they like Zachary Boldu, there's a decent chance that he's still there. At that point, the Rangers would just have to keep their fingers crossed if they're high on Boldu that he's still there and they can still take him, you know, again, late, later in the draft, 28, 29, 30, wherever they end up trading down to. Uh, that's obviously a very hypothetical situation. But to just kind of dive into Boldu here and who he is as a player, 18 years old, six foot one, 174 pounds. He's a lefty shot. This past season with Ramouski, Boldu played in 27 games. He also served as an alternate captain. He scored 10 goals and dished out 19 assists for a total of 29 points in those 27 games and was a minus one overall. Last season with Ramouski, which was his first season with Ramouski, he skated in 55 games, scored 30 goals, dished out 22 assists. So he had 52 points in 55 games. He was also a plus nine that season. And we'll get into kind of his scouting reports in just a second, but I mentioned just a second ago that Ramouski could and maybe even should sound a little bit familiar. And if it does, that's because that is the team that Alexi Lafreniere played for prior to being drafted by the Rangers, of course, in this past year's NHL draft and then making his uh, NHL debut this past season. And the two of them did play together there. And obviously, Boldu was on a team that saw Lafreniere just pick up video game-like numbers and... By all accounts, it sounds like Boldu has kind of stepped in for Alexi Lafreniere, both from a production standpoint and also kind of from a leadership standpoint as well. We see that by the fact that he's currently serving as an alternate captain for Ramouski, And, you know, everything else being equal, I don't mind the idea of reuniting some old teammates. Two guys that, you know, I don't know what their personal relationship is like, but obviously they spent a season together at Ramouski. I'd imagine you get to know your teammates a little bit, and, you know, if Boldu is drafted by the Rangers and he eventually makes his debut for this team and I don't think he would go straight to the NHL or anything like that but he'll have Alexi Lafreniere there who by all accounts you know kind of a natural leader and somebody that I think uh, you know would probably put his arm around uh, Boldu get him kind of broken in with the Rangers and all that good stuff and hey Alexi Lafreniere's got one of his old teammates with him too so you know again that's not something that like is going to make me sit here and pound my fist on the table and say oh he knows Lafreniere we have to draft this guy but everything else being equal like I said I think it is uh, not the worst thing in the world when you Uh, go to a new team and you've got somebody in there that you already know. Uh, As far as Baldu as a player, I'm going to kind of give you his strengths and weaknesses and we're going to do that in just a second. I can't emphasize this enough, though. I am not a scout. I just kind of am going by what I'm reading, what I'm seeing, the general consensus for professional scouts who do this for a living. And I'm just going to kind of present to you what I'm seeing, what I'm picking up on are Baldu's biggest strengths and weaknesses and just kind of how he projects uh, to the next level, to the NHL. And like I said, we're going to be doing that in just a second here. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives. And if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Dot com. All right. So like I said, let's go ahead and kind of dive into the strengths and weaknesses in Boldu's game. And again, this is not coming from me. This is just coming from a collection of scouts who are out there. This is what they're writing about him. This is what I feel like is kind of the general consensus uh, that I've seen among scouts after, you know, kind of doing some research on Boldu and just kind of searching every corner and just trying to get as much of a feel as I can for what kind of a player he is and how he projects to the NHL level. So some strengths, I mean, again, I I think the leadership is there. By all accounts, he really is done a nice job filling the enormous shoes that Alexi Lafreniere left behind when he left uh, the QMJHL, and Bolduz just kind of hit the ground running this year with Ramouski. And by all accounts, he's also a very, very good skater. He has good vision, a very high hockey IQ, very good facilitator, can get the puck to his teammates in some high-danger areas. Uh, From all accounts, once again, an above-average shot, not like a blistering, ridiculous shot that's going to strike fear into the hearts of goalies, but from what I'm reading, it sounds like it is definitely an above-average shot. And also, it sounds like his consistency has definitely improved this season. It took a step forward in the past— Definitely had some shift to shift inconsistencies. There were times within the same game where, I mean, this guy looks like a blue chipper and this guy could be, you know, a top 10 pick in the NHL draft. And then he would disappear for parts of the game as well. It sounds like, you know, like a lot of young players, he still is a little bit inconsistent from game to game, from shift to shift. But it's not nearly as obvious as it was, say, as recently as last season. So that's good to hear that he's moving in the right direction there as well. As far as weaknesses, it sounds like his passes can get away from him every now and then. Like, he'll just make a bad decision. And there will be options, but instead somehow one of his passes will just go all the way down the ice for an icing for no real reason, even when he's got open teammates. So I don't know if that's like a focus issue or it's just uh, his decision-making has a way to go. But it does sound like his passes can get away from him every now and then, and he just misses the mark on some passes. And then one other thing that scouts seem to agree on as far as a weakness— is that Boldu is really nothing special defensively. Uh, It doesn't sound like, again, from what I'm reading here, he would be like a massive liability in the defense department, but it's nothing to write home about either. And, uh, you know, who knows? Who's to say what's going to happen when he gets to the NHL? Maybe he can be coached up and become a better defensive forward than he is right now, or maybe that's something that is a little bit of a weakness for him, uh, basically throughout his NHL career. And that's one thing that would give me a little bit of pause about Boldu, but it does sound like there's some serious upside there. And again, a little bit of a boomer bust guy, maybe not totally a a boomer bust where it's like this, this guy's either going to be, uh, an NHL all-star or he's going to just, you know, fall out of the NHL in a few seasons, but a little bit boomer bust compared to say like a Fedor Svechkov, who we talked about in a, in a recent episode. And like I said, we will continue to highlight NHL draft prospects who could go number 15 to the New York Rangers in the lead up to the NHL draft this season. The NHL draft a little bit less than a month away. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this, getting a little bit out of it, getting a little bit better of a feel for you know who these guys are and why I think they might be decent or good fits for the New York Rangers. And like I said, it's something that we'll continue to do sporadically in the uh, days and weeks that follow. Obviously, if there's big time NHL breaking news with the Rangers, then we will shift our attention to that and get back to uh, the prospects in due time. But like I said, there's no real schedule for this. Just kind of going to chip away at it between now and the time that the NHL drafts. But as for Bulldo, I'll leave you guys with just a couple of scouting reports. Uh, again, this is not for me. I will credit the people who actually gave these scouting reports. And that way you guys can kind of hear it straight from the horse's mouth and just hear what these scouts. Are Are saying uh, word-for-word about Zach Boldu. And we start with Braden Olofsson, who writes for Dauber Prospects. Although far from a model for consistency, Zach Boldu is at times one of the most thrilling and athletically gifted draft-eligible players in the QMJHL. And then we have from Steve Kurianos from the Draft Analysts. Boldu is an easy choice to label as the Q's premier forward prospect because of the pro feel to anything he does. Boldu's got good size for a center. His strong puck control, vision, and shot release allow him to switch over to the wing and still succeed. And that's also nice to hear, any, everything else being equal. Once again, I mean, give me somebody who can play multiple positions. And I'll give you just one more here before we kind of move on to uh, the player that I want to spotlight in New York Ranger Free Agency. But this one comes from Corey Pronman of The Athletic. He's a player with a high skill level who can skate, which is immediately intriguing. Boldu has the ability to play fast and make tough plays with the puck on the move. He's not an elite playmaker, but he moves the puck very well and can clearly finish plays. So, like I said, hopefully you guys have a little bit more of a better picture of who Zach Boldu is as a player, and you guys can let me know if you're interested in Boldu, if you're interested in somebody else that we've already talked about. If you have your eye on a certain prospect at number 15 overall, definitely let me know. Uh, But like I said, we will be talking about a uh, New York Ranger free agent, an impending restricted free agent, in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website... Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. All right, so like I talked about in the intro, I wanted to spend some time talking about an impending Ranger Restricted Free Agent. We've basically just kind of been going through the whole list of both unrestricted and restricted Ranger Free Agents throughout this offseason here. And today's Restricted Free Agent is going to be Libor Hayak. And I suppose if you read the episode description, you're already very well aware of that. But yes, Libor Hayek is the guy, and really... Of everybody we've talked about and everybody who's remaining as far as unrestricted and restricted free agents for the Rangers, Hayek is the only guy left on the list who spent really any sort of significant time with the Rangers and a couple other guys remaining on the list. You know, they might have played two or three or five games with the Rangers, guys like Johnny Brodzinski or whoever else it might be. Uh, Tim Gettinger, I believe, might have gotten up for a game or two at the end of the season this year. Played uh, two seasons ago as well for the Rangers a handful of games uh, but those guys all spent most of their time in the AHL Libor Hayek was with the Rangers for the entire season I mean he was a healthy scratch a couple of times and but as usual you know we'll sort of just take it from the top here Libor Hayek is now 23 years old six foot two 203 pounds former second round pick of the Tampa Bay Lightning back in 2016 he went number 37 overall in that draft Hayek never actually played a game with the Tampa Bay Lightning instead he was traded to the Rangers alongside Vladislav Nemesikov, Brett Howden and two draft picks a 2018 first round pick, and a 2019 conditional second round pick. The 2018 first round pick became Nils Lundqvist, and obviously the Rangers still have high hopes for him. The 2019 second round pick became Carl Henriksen, and I know this is a trade that we always go back to from time to time, but there were so many moving parts in this trade. I mean, JT Miller, Ryan McDonough, they both head to Tampa Bay, and we get five different assets in return, so it's one of those things that's always going to come up from time to time, and it's a trade that Frankly, the Rangers lost. I mean, hopefully, I think most of the eggs are now in the Nils-Lundquist basket if you're still kind of clinging on to this hope that maybe the Rangers can still win this trade or at least salvage something out of this trade, get a big-time player in exchange for the two big-time players that we gave to Tampa Bay. And like I said in the past, I feel like this is one of the uh, rare misses of the Jeff Gordon J.D. era. In fact, J.D. might not have been present. Yeah, I don't think he was president when this trade was made. But Jeff Gorton was there. And like I said, one of the rare misses that Gorton had uh, throughout his tenure as the Ranger GM. But to kind of just refocus everything on Libor Hayek here, the one thing you definitely have to say in his favor is that of the three NHL players that the Rangers got in return for JT Miller and for Ryan McDonough in this trade, the guys that were all ready-made to play in the NHL, or at least close to being ready-made, Libor Hayek had not yet made his NHL debut at that time. I don't think Brett Howden had either. Yeah, no, Brett Howden definitely not either, but you were getting three players, Nemesikov, Howden, and Hayek, and I guess if you're the Rangers, you were feeling pretty good about all these guys. Of the three players, Libor Hayek has hands down been the best of the three, and the guy who's contributed the most to the New York Rangers, uh, they got absolutely nothing out of Vladislav Nemesikov. He's long gone. Brett Howden is a good penalty killer and doesn't really do a whole lot else to help this team. I'm sorry to be so blunt, but... You guys have watched Brett Howden over the past however many seasons. It just has not come together uh, at all. I suppose it still could, but it's not looking all that likely the more and more time that goes by and the more and more time that, you know, he doesn't give you anything offensively. Hayek, though, is at least someone, you know, you could put him in the lineup on any given night and at least feel all right about it, and I think it's definitely kind of up in the air as far as whether Hayek has a long-term future with this Ranger team. He could be. He could be somebody who's in the top six for several years to come, or he could be somebody who's just kind of a placeholder, just kind of keeping the seat warm for one of these other young Ranger defensemen, you know, guys like Tarmo Rayuninen, guys like Zach Jones, I mean, K. Andre Miller has already kind of established himself, uh, Braden Schneider, sooner or later, he's going to make some noise, and he's going to work his way up to the NHL level, you would have to imagine, uh, but I do want to give you guys some of Libor Hayek's stats from his time with the New York Rangers, and he has played in parts of three seasons with the Rangers. We're not going to worry too much about 2018-2019, because he only appeared in three games that season scored one goal, a very small sample size in 2019 2020, his second season with the Rangers. Skated in 28 games, uh, did not score any goals, had five assists, was a minus four overall, put 23 shots on net, and averaged 15 minutes and 59 seconds of ice time. He did all this while blocking 44 shots and dishing out 24 hits. And then this past season, the one that just concluded, career high 44 games for LeBor Hyacks. So 44 games out of 56, you know, not bad. Somebody who's, again, is starting to establish himself at least a little bit and clearly appearing in more games than he's missing for, you know, either being hurt or being a healthy scratch or whatever it might be. In those 44 games, two goals, two assists. He was a plus two overall. He had 33 shots on goal. His time on the ice was a little bit down. To be exact, it was 43 seconds down because he averaged 15 minutes and 16 seconds of ice time. He also blocked 48 shots and doled out 26 hits. And the thing with Hayek for me, again, I think he improved this past season, and some of the MSG analysts talked about how they thought it was beneficial for him to be on the same pairing as Brendan Smith, as he was a few times uh, this past season, and why not? You know, Brendan Smith, he's got his flaws. He's not a perfect player. I don't know that he ever really lived up to the contract that he signed with the Rangers, but he's somebody that can kind of uh, put his arm around a young player and, and somebody that would be willing to do that, and I think Hayek probably benefited from it. The thing that I'm kind of stuck on here, though, is that I have a hard time believing that the Rangers, as far as Lieber Hayek is concerned, that the Rangers are 100% content, 100% satisfied going with Lieber Hayek every single night for the next decade, at least this current version of Lieber Hayek. Now, Hayek can continue to improve, but I don't know. When I watch him, and you guys can let me know what you think about Hayek as well, I don't see a guy who screams superstar or even star or even uh, reliable every night, Uh, top four defensemen on your team. You can get by with Lieber Hayek. I mean, he's a fine player. But I just don't know that I see him as somebody who's going to be able to fend off all these young kids for a bunch of years going forward. I look at Zach Jones, and I know we only got a handful of games with him toward the end of the season, but he's somebody who I think showed pretty well for himself. There were a couple times where, you know, maybe he allowed a skater to get by him and, uh, you know, create a scoring opportunity out of it. But Zach Jones, I thought, was really good at kind of picking his spots, you know, when he's going to jump into an offensive play and knowing when to kind of stay back. I just feel like there's more upside with somebody like Zach Jones. Tarmo Reuninen, the same maybe is true of him as well. We didn't see a ton of Tarmo Reuninen, but I just get the feeling the Rangers probably have uh, more invested in guys like Jones, guys like Tarmo Reuninen. Braden Schneider down the road, as we talked about, he was a first-round pick from this past year, so you know sooner or later, if he's not packaged in some kind of a trade for an already established NHL player, then we're going to see Braden Schneider. I mean, sooner or later, uh, he's going to be on the NHL team with the Rangers and somebody who is projected to be a top four defenseman in this league and has a very safe floor. I don't know. I feel like it's just a matter of time before Hayek could see himself kind of squeezed out of the top six role. Now, there's always a chance. You know, we've got completely new uh, coaching staff coming in. We've got a completely new front office. I get the feeling Gerard Gallant might come in and just say, hey, if you want a spot on this opening night roster, go get it, go take it. Because there's no reason for Gallant, or really even Drury, I mean, I know Drury has at least been the assistant GM, so he has had a hand in some of the decision-making for the Rangers, but I don't know that anybody... Uh, that's kind of in charge right now of the Rangers has to be fiercely loyal to this player or that player or the other player, I get the feeling it's kind of just going to be an open tryout. And to me, uh, that Ranger blue line competition is going to be very fascinating to watch because can Libor Hayek hold off some of the young defensemen that I've already mentioned? Uh, Can he impress Galan and whoever else joins the coaching staff between now and training camp and the preseason? So nobody's going to have a bigger say in Libor Hayek's future with the New York Rangers than Libor Hayak himself because if he comes in and he delivers and he looks good in training camp and he looks good in the preseason and he looks like somebody who can take another step forward next season as he did this past season then it's at least possible I don't know how long he can do it but it's at least possible at the start of the season he can kind of fend off some of these young defensemen that I just mentioned who seemingly have more upside, but it's possible Hayek could maybe just kind of hold them off for a little while. Uh, we'll see. It's also possible that at some point in the offseason here, the Rangers could deem that LeBar Hayek is expendable, and they might want to go with a complete youth move. I mean, Hayek's young too. That, that That's the thing that... You know, I don't want to make it sound like Hayek's 30 years old and, and like barely hanging on here. Hayek's 23 years old, but they have guys that are even younger and guys that I think that they think have more long-term upside. And so it's at least possible that the Rangers could move on from Hayek via a trade. I mean, as far as what you get from him, I don't think it would really be anything that significant, maybe like a mid-round draft pick or something like that. The other interesting thing with Hayek, and we talked about this a little while back when we were discussing the Rangers' approach to the upcoming expansion draft and who should they keep and who they should protect and this, that, and the other thing. If Tony D'Angelo was still in good standing with the Rangers, then I don't think the Rangers, in fact, I know the Rangers would not have any choice but to expose Libor Hayek to the Seattle Kraken in the upcoming expansion draft because, again, if D'Angelo was still with the Rangers and had a good season and basically did this year what he did the year before, then the two defensemen that the Rangers would protect— going into the expansion draft, would undoubtedly be D'Angelo and Ryan Lindgren. And there's some other obvious names that are exempt. Uh, Fox and Ke'Andre Miller, for example, Uh, they're automatically exempt, given that they're first and second year players. Uh, Jacob Truba is exempt because he has a no-move clause. And so, yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine they would hang on to Hayek over Lindgren or D'Angelo. But now that uh, they have no interest in having D'Angelo back on this team, it seems pretty certain that the Rangers would then protect LeBron Hayek. So Hayek will at least be protected from the expansion draft, you would have to think, along with Ryan Lindgren. And Ranger fans, if you like Hayek, you don't have to worry about him being taken by Seattle uh, when that draft does happen. But, you know, again, it's it's a very interesting case because Hayek, he'll have every opportunity. I feel like it's going to be basically an open tryout This offseason, as far as who the six guys are going to be on opening night, but he's got his work cut out for him, man, because there are some talented young defensemen that are just slightly behind him on the depth chart. So going to be very, very interesting uh, to see what happens with Hayek. The other thing that could work against Hayek is that there have been rumors that the Rangers are looking to add a veteran defenseman. We talked about a couple of those names as well. If the Rangers do that, if they pick up, you know, an Alec Martinez, a David Savard, an Adam Larson then it's at least possible that that would work against Hayek as well. And Hayek could get squeezed out if the Rangers bring in, you know, a veteran free agent to him. But it's going to be very, very interesting, and and we'll see what happens. I do think Hayek has at least earned the right to compete for a spot on opening night, but we'll see how it goes. You know, Hayek, like we said, he's definitely uh, got his work cut out for him as far as hanging on uh, to that top six spot that he's currently in. And then the only other thing that I wanted to mention real quick here is that we've got Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight. Montreal Canadiens taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. And I also have to call some attention to the play that Ryan McDonough made, former New York Ranger, obviously, won the Stanley Cup with the Lightning last season. But in Game 7 against the New York Islanders, he played a huge hand. I mean, first of all, he just played a spectacular game. But the Lightning obviously won the game 1-0. The only goal came shorthanded, scored by Yanni Gord. But on that play, you know, McDonough's out there killing the penalty— because of course he is, and he's in the corner, makes a great pass uh, from his own zone into the neutral zone, and the Lightning were kind of on their way. Anthony Cirelli then setting up Yanni Gord for the only goal of the game, what turned out to be the only goal of the game, uh, and McDonough didn't even get an assist on that play, but you know what? He made the whole thing happen. Any, anybody who watched that play, you know what exactly what I'm talking about, and uh, you know, couldn't be happier for Ryan McDonough. As far as who I'm going to root for in these finals, I think I got to pull for Montreal a little bit. I just don't need to see the Lightning win it again. If they do... The silver lining is that Ryan McDonough gets another cup. But, yeah, I'm, I'm all for seeing a different team win. And I, I suppose sometimes it's just more fun to root for the underdog. So that's kind of where I'm at. And then just one last thing I want to mention real quick here, I'm seeing that our good friend Anthony Skoltori from Forever Blue Shirts, uh, he's been on the podcast a couple of times in the past, he's reporting that Kevin Lowe's Hall of Fame induction is set for November 15th. And we will talk more about Kevin Lowe on tomorrow's episode. Definitely an underrated player on that 1994 Cup team. I mean, I think the diehard Ranger fans certainly know about Kevin Lowe, and they certainly know uh, about the impact that he had on that team. But when you think about that team, you know, you think Messier, you think Leach, Graves, uh Boom, Richter. I don't know that I mean Matteo just because of the game 7 goal against the uh, the Devils Definitely Alex Kovalev. I don't know how quickly you think of Kevin Lowe, but he played a huge role on that team. as kind of the elder statesman of the blue line and uh, very well-deserved going into the Hall of Fame. So that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.